Welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps contractors attract more leads, grow their business, and finally get off the tools. In each episode, you'll discover marketing tactics that work. You'll get actionable insights from other successful contractors and connect with experts to help you grow. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, owner of a social media agency that helps contractors attract and convert more leads. Get ready to take your business to the next level so you can finally enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Ready? Let's go. Hey, contractors, welcome back to Beyond the Tools. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, and let me tell you, today's interview is going to change the way that you run your business for the better. I can almost guarantee that if you listen to this interview in its entirety and you implement some of the things that our guest goes through today, you are going to have a much more profitable business with much happier people. And let me tell you why. Today's guest is Jason Brady. He's the founder of Above and Beyond Service Company based in Oklahoma. And if there's one thing I know about Jason, he has a tight handle on all of his numbers. And he credits that to his success and his tremendous growth over the last number of years at Above and Beyond. In this interview, Jason shares with us why he started tracking his numbers, the specific metrics that he's keeping an eye on, and how that has led to some pretty incredible strategic decisions that not only allow him to run a more profitable business, but allow him to retain his employees because they are happier. And get this, his texts don't work in the evenings. That is just one small but very important decision that came from Jason knowing his numbers. We're going to dig into all of that. Let's get right to it and head on over to Jason. I'm thrilled to introduce today's guest, Jason Brady of Above and Beyond Service Company. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit about Above and Beyond and where you guys are at today, just so our listeners have a bit of context as we go into this. So we, um, Above and Beyond Service Company, we're located in Edmond, Oklahoma and have a location in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We do primarily uh, residential and commercial plumbing, heating and cooling and electrical. Um we have been in business since 2015, or I started kind of in 2015 part-time um, and then went full-time in 2016. And we did just at $5 million last year uh, in revenue. And so just every year, we just try to grow and chase new goals and you know move forward. Amazing. Well, congratulations on all your growth to date. Like That's incredible to hear where you guys are at. Thank you. So I know, Jason, for you, we've had some conversations about numbers and why it's so important to know your numbers. Why do you think numbers are so crucial as a business owner, but especially in the home service industry? So I think a lot of times, and and I can only speak for people I've talked with and myself, things I've done, a lot of times people 
operate off feeling in this business. I, I think Jimmy's my best tech. I think Jimmy's doing the best job for me. And, and they don't really know. You know, you can think a lot of things, but you're really not doing the right thing. And so, like, for us, it is, you know, and, and for me, I thought, man, this guy's killing it, you know, killing it. And then as we got more numbers driven, more numbers focused, I'm like, man, his, you know, his lead set's not good. His average ticket's low. Um, and it's kind of funny because now that we've started tracking, like, guys that we didn't think were, were the best and spent a lot of time on calls actually have the highest sales percentage, actually have the highest average ticket, have the highest tech generated leads, have the highest, you know, conversions. And it's so knowing your numbers, it's kind of like driving your car down the road. You know, if you tape up over your, over your gas gauge, I mean, you can stop every so often and get gas, but what happens if you forget and run out? And I think businesses can be the same way. If you want to stay in business and you really want to grow and you want to be one of these guys who have, a $5 million company or a $20 million company or a $100 million company, then I think that you have to know your numbers and know all of them, you know, know every number about your business that you can know. Um, one of our mentors tells us, you know, what gets measured gets improved. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's just a lot of truth to that because the guys that we know that need help on numbers, we do ride alongs, we do extra coaching with them. You know, we do the things to help them increase their numbers. Right. And in your business, I guess, were you always numbers driven? Like, how did you, what was the catalyst that made you realize that you've really got to get a handle on this? So we were feelings driven. Um, We were like, oh yeah, we're great. We're feeling, we were really feelings driven. You know, we we think this is good and we're, we're doing good here. And um, so I flew on a plane to, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, basically one of our distributors had a jet. And so I flew on that jet with Chris Hunter, who used to own Hunter Supertex. And I got to talk to Chris on the ride there and on the ride back. And I got to talk to him at this conference that we went to. And he really like just gave me some really good free advice. And, you know, kind of really talked about, you know, numbers and just some things. And I was like, you know, I'd like to be like this guy. He's got these three different locations and he's got all these super techs running around. And, and honestly, it started from there. You know, that's when it became like, oh, okay, I really, you know, this is like a deal. And so it's, it was a gradual process. I didn't have all the numbers that we have today, but, you know, we started with, okay, let's follow this and let's follow that. And I mean, that's where it started in the, the biggest thing that has to happen, I think for numbers And what we found out, and this is the number one thing, you have to have your jobs differentiated. So like if you're trying to measure average ticket, for instance, for an HVAC um, service tech, if you include maintenance tickets with the service tickets, you're never going to get a true, you know, um, average ticket or you're never going to get a true opportunity job average because those are two different trades. And I think you know, starting a good foundation is the first key of that whole thing. Mm. So once you started really focusing on the numbers and profitability of what you were doing, what kind of impact did that make for your company? Um, so I'll just tell you, last year we did $5 million. We had a 24.3% um, EBITDA number. So basically we kept a million bucks of that $5 million we did. The difference that made is we have all brand new vans. 
Um, I think our oldest fan right now is a 14 with like 200,000 miles on it. And there's nothing wrong with it. Um, everything else is, is new or we've purchased in the last couple of years. Amazing. Well, congratulations again. And I'd love to dig into that. So like, if our listeners are hearing you and saying, you know what, I am really feelings based in my business. What are some of the things that they should start to look at? Um, so I think first off, you know, if you're, if whether it's HVAC, plumbing, electrical, whatever it is, I think you have to have your jobs, your job type set up correctly. So like for HVA service, we have, you know, different services, different from maintenance, which is different from install, which is different from sales. So, and then that kind of breaks down even further from there. You know, we have like for service, we have zero to five, we have five, uh, six to 12 and then 12 plus. And that's the same on service. And so we differentiated so we can see where's the majority of our calls and then where are we trying to go with our calls? You know, where, what are our leads? What's kind of our average ticket on the lower? What's our average ticket on like the six to 12? Out of those 12 pluses, what's our average ticket? How many of those were tech generated leads that were turned over to, you know, a comfort advisor? And really that's kind of how we did it with, you know, electrical, with plumbing, everything's kind of the same way. You know, it's different for water heaters, that kind of thing, but it's, it's the same premise. And I think for us, that's where we started segregating those jobs. And then from there, you can start tracking, well, okay, this guy ran eight maintenance calls, you know, here's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think once you kind of have that basis, then you can start figuring out where you're at and what you need to do to improve. Mm, That makes sense. Okay. So really like drilling down on average ticket, looking at each line of the business And I know you have mentioned before as well, you know, a lot of our listeners are in heating and cooling. So looking at that specifically, um, what's the relationship based on the numbers you're seeing now between a service call and an installation or replacement? So here's what we look at. Um, 30% of our calls that come into our office should be replacement opportunities. That's our internal number. Some people are 20%, some people are more, some people are, you know, just, it's all over. For us, 30% that comes into our office should be replacement. If we're on a 12 plus opportunity, that is the time for the technician to discover anything that's wrong with the system and make the case for replacement. I mean, is it the fan motors pulling high amps, it needs capacitor, the contactors burned up, there's the the charge is low, there's rust all over the coil. And here's, Here's the perfect reason for to me for building a case. We had a property owner. Two of our techs went out, two different techs went out to this property owner. The guy owned both properties. So tech A goes out to the property. The indoor unit's about 15 years old. The outdoor unit's 25 years old. Tech B goes to a home, same home. Unit's 12 years old, all the way around. So it's heating season. Tech A had just talked about what was wrong with the furnace, why the guy should replace the coil because of the rust and didn't go any further. Tech B at the other house talked about everything that was wrong with the furnace, the leak that he found in the coil, talked about all the things wrong outside, talked about the hail damage to the condenser outside. Same guy, 
communicating with both of them over the phone and through email. And Tech B sold an entire system on a 12-year-old. Tech A only sold a furnace. Mm. Tech A had the better opportunity. But by making the case, we Tech B did that. And so, you know, that was a training opportunity, of course, for the other technician. It was, it was an opportunity for us to revisit some things. But by tracking our data and being able to see, we call them TGLs, tech-generated leads. So by by checking our TGLs and knowing, okay, well, his TGL is a little bit lower. Why is it lower? You know, that allowed us to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. And yeah, I mean, really proves, you know, going deeper as well with a customer can really make a difference both to that customer's experience, but also to the revenue generated from that particular job. Sure. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And, you know, I know for you, Jason, in terms of building a team and motivating a team, we hear a lot of talk about the very real labor shortage in the trades. How are you guys dealing with that? Is that something that has been a challenge for you at Above and Beyond? It is, but I'll be honest. What we found is we've started um, growing our own techs internally. So we were on the path of we just we create our own techs. We have two guys from the oil field. Um, we have a guy that came from has a criminal justice degree um, that now works for us. He was a probation and parole supervisor. We, we have a, just a diverse mix of guys that we have started to train up ourselves. We've sent to some classes. Um, we do some in-house training, do in-house sales training. Um, and honestly, we by growing our guys inside and having that it's, you know, they reach out to their friends. And I mean, a perfect example is one guy who was from the oil field, brought a buddy of his over, brought a cousin over, you know, he brings these guys over and they love it here. Like they're all jacked to be here, you know, and it's, so it's the labor shortage, but I also think it's how you treat our guys. We don't make our, we, we don't have our guys running calls at 12 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. So to go back to the numbers, what we found were that our average ticket on the day, so our our average ticket during working hours is always 350 or higher. Sometimes it dips, but we're always at a minimum of 350 when you average everything out. Our after-hour service calls were, I think our average was $153. Big difference. Big difference. So we're running these calls. The guys don't care. They want to go home. They don't want to be out on it. So we've instituted like our guys are done at six o'clock. And um, during summer, we have a normal shift. And then we have a guy that works late. And he works till um, eight o'clock and then he's done. But he doesn't come in till then. And so having two different shifts, you know, it allows him to get some of those later calls. And but he's not worn out. Yeah. And then with the rotation, like they get a three-day weekend um, every five weeks. And so it just has allowed them to be a little bit more, you know, have some more flexibility and freedom. No, I'm going to be home for dinner or close to it. I'm going to be able to go to my kid's game. I'm not going to be out till, you know, 11 o'clock at night. I mean, do we miss out on some business? Yeah, probably. The numbers don't show, though, that we were productive and it was worth our time. Mm. 
It sounds so simple, but it's also so revolutionary, I think, for the industry to think that you would say, you know what, no, we're not going to work past 6 or 8 p.m. It's scary. I'll tell you that. It's not, I didn't do it and go, wow, this is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. um, it was scary, but honestly, it hasn't hurt us. In fact, not only has it not hurt us, but it's allowed us to, our guys are happier and our, you know, our customers are happier because they're getting better experience. And we, mm -hmm. for us, it's all about, you know, you, you hear that thing, slow and steady wins the race. We've heard that a million times in our life. So for us, it's not about, hey, let's get to a service call. Our average maintenance call is two hours. So if we have a membership tune-up or a customer who's not a tune-up, our average maintenance call to do a tune-up is two hours. That's how in-depth they get with checking everything. Our service calls run about two hours apiece. As a result, we have higher average tickets. You know, I have a tech right now in service that his average ticket is about, it was, as of this morning, is 1170 1170 bucks. Amazing. And it's the extra things he's adding, surge protection, blower cleanings, just the things that he's adding on a maintenance or a service visit that had a bad capacity. You know, it, it's those extra things and people, we used to think a lot of times, we can't go out there. We don't have the time to go out there. And so the numbers show, so our revenue goal for this month for service was 40428 our revenue actual is 32,279. So literally by taking the time, we've slowed the calls down. Mm -hmm. The guys build more value, sell more things and move on. Wow. And so it's just, I mean, it's just numbers based, you know, and it's the same. I mean, through that, we sold $85,000 in replacements Monday and Tuesday. And it, I mean, it's slowing the process down and, and it, Everybody, and I used to be one of them, and we have a bunch of people. I mean, I've got friends that still do this. I got to get every board I, job I can get on the board on the board. These guys got to hurry. We got to go, go, go. And that's not, you, we have a unique opportunity as a service professional to go in and tell everybody, this is what's wrong with your system. This is what we need to do. And this is how we're going to help you. And when we hurry up and run through those calls, we just waste it. Right. You know, you're just wasting opportunity to go in, you know, and it's, I mean, it pays off. Our plumbing average ticket right now for install is $33.71. Um, our service average ticket is $8.35. You know, it's slowing everything down. Our electrical average tickets, $14.03. You know, there's guys with bigger average tickets, but and there's guys with smaller, of course. But it's for us, it's been slowing it down and telling people this is what we need. You know, this is this is what we do, guys. This is the forms we fill out for customers. These are the we're going to do all these things and take advantage of every home and every business for them. Mm. And that really ties into your brand as well, you know, going above and beyond. So Sure. And here's the thing. We don't always get it right. But when we don't get it right, we go back and even, and even give a level above that to make sure that, look, this was a mistake and we messed up, but you need to know we're going to make it right. Yeah. And, and we have a lady that literally was, we had a, the tech that just halfway washed a condenser the other day and she just roasted us on social media. And I called and talked to her and she really had some other problems and we talked to her and went through it and fixed her problems. And now she's like, these are the best guys ever got off on the wrong foot, but man, they do live up to their name, just like a static. And so, you know, 
yeah, we got off to a wrong foot, but I mean, we did the right thing. And now we have, we have a brand ambassador. We had a guy step through a, a ceiling. Anybody who's been an HVAC, if you've done any HVAC work, somebody stepped through a ceiling works on your team. These people were really concerned. We have a painter that does sheetrock and all that on staff. He literally went in, fixed it, and painted their kitchen, living room, entry, halls, all that were tied together, literally painted every bit of it. Wow. And they were like, I mean, just shocked that he went to that extreme. But we told him, this is what we need you to do. And they are raving fans. They live in a dated community, a smaller, older community. I mean, they've sent us $200,000 in replacement opportunity that we've done. Incredible. I mean, what it cost us, 1500 bucks to do all that? Yeah. It is about the numbers, but it's also about doing what you say and taking care and owning your mistakes. I love that. That's incredible. So Jason, going back to motivating your team. So obviously it sounds like taking care of your guys and considering their lives beyond work is a big part of that. But how else do you keep your team engaged and take care of them? Um, you know, we do different things. Monday, we're all going to top golf. We do parties where we take, you know, we take the team. We usually do one in like June. Into June, we'll take the entire team to like a restaurant, them and their spouses. Um, last June, we rented out a big patio uh, place down in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, it, so we try to do things like that, the girls. And I think this is where as owners and managers, we fail. We are concerned about our guys and their productivity. What we forget about are the wives, the girlfriends, the fiancés that are coming. So what we do is every quarter, um, our office staff, all the, all the um, office staff, our ladies get together and they get all the wives, girlfriends, everything else, uh, tech, installer, warehouse, doesn't matter. If, if you work here, then your spouse is, um, your spouse is invited. And then they will all go out to get nails done. Uh, get, and we pay for it. Uh, brunch, wine. I mean, whatever it is, they, they pick something and they go. Yeah. What happens is when that guy's talking about, hey, I want to quit, that spouse, that girlfriend's like, no, those are my friends. We are not quitting. No, 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 no. We're not going to quit. You know, it, it, we, we just don't do that. You know, and, and, and it's, we're not going to do that. And that's, so that's what we do with a lot of those is we do things like that to help build the culture and help make sure the family's on board. And when we have a Christmas party every year without fail, I talk about how without the, the sacrifice of the women at home, and unfortunately at this point, we don't have any female techs. I would love to have some, but we do have our share in the office. I'm, there's only two of us guys in the office and the rest, everybody else are women, which I love. It's, it's a great balance and they really keep us, they really keep us in line. But, you know, we talk about how they, their sacrifice and allowing them to occasionally work late and do those things or what, you know, makes us successful. Mm, I love that. That's brilliant and wonderful. You know, we're in a unique challenge in with labor, with people's lives, we're in a unique spot. And if you're, if our only goal is to make as much money as we're going to make, and we're not worried about taking care of our team and taking care of the team's families, you're going to always have a labor shortage problem. 
I mean, we've hired uh, two people this week. You know, I've got another one coming in this morning that wants a job that passed first interview that's coming from second. We're going to offer her a job. If, you know, if the first interview is indicative of what's going to happen in the second interview, we'll give her an offer to let her write them. And it's one of those things where we, you know, it's a huge, it's a big deal for us. Amazing. And Jason, you strike me as a very empathetic and forward thinking leader, which I love. Mm -hmm. How would you say your mindset has evolved over the course of running your business? So I grew up and my dad was real. um, Let me think of the best way to say it. My dad was real and the other bosses I had were like, this is what we need to do. And this is what we're going to do. And by gosh, you're going to do this. And just real rigid. And, you know, I was that way for a long time. Uh, Today, I am not that way. Today, I'm more about, okay, what do we need to do? How do we need, what do we need to do to take care of folks? What are the things that we need to do to, you know, make people have a better experience? I mean, honestly, it's a lot about that. Today, it's a lot about just being softer, softer, gentler, kinder. You know, the days of being the dictator are gone. Right. You know, if people have an idea in our company, I want to hear it. If people have an issue, I want to know. If people have a problem, I want to know. And sometimes that problem is me. And I've had to hear some tough criticism that I did not want to hear. And it was uncomfortable. And and it's, you know, it's uncomfortable to hear, hey, man, you're being a jerk. And you're being unrealistic. And, you know, or you're being emotional and as business owners, you know, I'm pretty sure that most of us business owners are um, a D personality. If you took the disc profile or anything about it, you know, you'd be that high D. And um, I think they say it stands for director. It's really dictator is what it is. Um, (laughs) I think that, you know, we're all that way. And I think to be better, we have to. You know, if you want to keep employees and you want to grow a successful company, it has to be more about what we're going to do and influence. And, you know, it has to be more about just taking care of your people and being softer, gentler, kinder, understanding. And by doing that, like I figured out, okay, this guy really has a problem here. So I need to help this guy. I need to go do a ride along. I need to go. He needs more training on this. And honestly, from doing that, it's helped us figure out like, who we need to help and who we need to do stuff for. And it's made the team happier. It's made the team better. You know, we're not calling, Hey, you know, what's going on? Why are you still in my job? You've been there an hour and a half, you know, now, like I was, um, I went, I left early the other day and I was actually grocery shopping and the office called one of the people from the office and I'm like, Hey, can you check on this guy? He, uh, he's been there an hour and there's nothing in the invoice summary. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I called and he goes, Hey, what's up? I was like, Man, the mothership called and said, I needed to check on you. What's going on? Something go, something wrong? You need some help? Anything happening? No, I, I haven't put it in. Here's what's happening. I'm getting ready to do that right now. This is what's going on. I've been talking to the customer. Literally had it under control, but just shifting that focus and approaching it in a different way has helped with our, our team and helped our team be more comfortable in what's going on. Mm, amazing. I love that. Yeah, and I mean, you're not calling in and accusatory and like putting your employee on on the defense it's you know or so checking in which is totally yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it's like hey what's up and you know and i'll be even when i'm in i'm in the office 
pretty much all the time now. Um, yesterday, I went out and helped a little bit in the field. We had a guy that was going to a wedding. Um, you know, it was kind of weird to have a wedding on the day that they did, but whatever. But he was going to a wedding, and so I literally went out and helped in the field, and they were like, you know, wow. You know, and just I had a junior tech with me, and we were just running around looking at problems. And, um, you know, I was like, here's how we look at this and this. You know, I didn't think of that. And I think, you know, I'm getting more into the doing ride-alongs. Um, you know, half days with people and it's really helped because, you know, as owners, we have a whole bunch of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so while my primary job is looking at numbers and seeing where we're at and, you know, what's our average ticket, you know, where's our EBITDA number, where's all these other numbers at? Well, that's part of my job. The other part of my job is also training. The other part of my job is also team building. The other part of my job is also helping them have a good you know, building their self-confidence. Makes sense. And I should have asked this earlier, but how many employees do you have right now? It's 39 people here between salespeople, office, um, field staff, warehouse. Fantastic. And I guess it makes a big difference that, you know, they can work with you personally at times too. I'm, I'm sure that's good for morale and stuff as well. Um, it is. And, you know, I'll tell you, so we're going to go back to the numbers again. Yeah. Um, we did 5 million last year with, um, we ended up with, um, think about this. We ended, we had 22 people that worked here at 5 million. And I went and visited this company. I've got a friend that's got a company and went and visited them. And it was, uh, his company is a $22 million company. And I was like, man, you have a lot of people. And I literally got to sit with, I mean, he and I literally sat and talked and went over numbers for um, almost two days, you know, just went over numbers and planning and why, you know, he does certain things. And I was like, you know, man, your overhead's heavy. And he goes, you know, he's trying to, uh, his five-year goal was, um, so when he got the company, he and he and his Two other partners, when they purchased the company, they were doing 14 million. He purchased it two years ago. His goal was 25 million. And in 18 months, when I was out there, they were at 22. So they're going to have to revise that goal. And I was like, wow. And he's like, yeah. He goes, man, he goes, you can't grow. He said, we can't get it. We can't be a $25 million company with a $15 million staff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And it really like, I don't want to say hurt me, but it really like cut me deep. And I was like, okay, so let me think about this. And so at that point, then what I started doing was really looking at, you know, numbers and what do we need to do and, you know, where are we at and what's going on? And honestly, then at that point, you know, we started working on hiring folks and really segregating roles. And we have a dispatcher that all she does is dispatch and our CSRs just see us, you know, do CSR roles. Um, and we really started splitting up all of our roles. And this is the only thing you do, you know, follow up coordinator. And this is your job. And honestly, our business started running a lot more fluid. People weren't as worked. Um, you know, people laugh a lot more. It, it, they're less stressed. It, and it's really helped us a lot. Amazing. And Jason, I know we covered a lot here today and you've had so many incredible insights, especially about being more numbers driven, taking care of your team and the business mindset and what it looks like to grow a company. 
With all that in mind, any last words of wisdom for any of our listeners who are looking to get to that next level of growth in their company? First off, I think, and it goes back to, I think that you have to, um, whatever CRM you're using, it needs to be set up. Mm. You know, whatever CRM you're using, it, it has to be set up correctly. Your numbers have to be set up correctly. The data you get out of it has to be set up correctly. And so I think that's number one. And if, whether it's you can do it, you know, we have a point person in office that, that um, her whole job is to optimize service titan and make sure we're using as many of the features as we can, make sure the data going in and going out is right. That's her whole job. There's people who would think, you know, you're just throwing away whatever. I mean, for us, that person is 52000 That's what her job, that's what her salary is. Um, somebody would think, man, you're just throwing that away. The numbers, though, if you think about it and why it's so um, why it's so important for us is, um, and I'm going to do some quick math for you. Mm-hmm. So if we just have five, five guys running once, if we have, um, we have five guys, five service guys that run four calls a day, okay? So that's 20 calls a day. If she improves my average ticket by 50 bucks by me having the right numbers, that's a thousand dollars a day. Mm-hmm. So if we only run, so let's just say let's take that times a week. So that's five weeks, and let's say that we only do that for thirty weeks out of the year consistent. It's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Does she just help me make another one hundred and forty-eight thousand revenue? If that number is a hundred, I'm almost making three hundred thousand revenue. Yeah, and. That's why the numbers are so important. Knowing your your average ticket, your opportunity job average. What's my membership conversion rate? What's my, um, you know, my TGLs, my tech generated leads? Uh, what's my cancel rate? What's my call count? I mean, like I can tell you right now for today's probably actually going to be, we should have done it first of the month. Um, so our call count for the month for HVAC service is 116. We actually are at 114. I mean, we're we're right at our number. We're we're well over our number. But let's take that and let's just say that our call count was 116, and today we were at, you know, 53. And so, you know, if let's let me try this different. Let me try this different way. So we know our call count. If we know if we knew today that we needed five calls to hit our call count for the day, and we only had four, we could only manufacture four. And then if tomorrow we need five, we actually need six because we missed one. Mm-hmm. So we can back into that number and know what's our call count. Right. And it's it's not, you know, there's a bunch of information out there. Service Titan has um, a contractor playbook, which has a bunch of those numbers that anybody can get. You know, there's a bunch of numbers that matter. I think the most important thing is start with some numbers, figure out where you are on your average ticket, where are you at on your turnovers, and then start figuring out, okay, if, if today I'm at 283, I need to, I want to be at the end of this month at 300. And the next month I want to be at 350. And, and we do things to help guys. We have contests for highest average ticket. We have, we have a review contest one right now. So the person with the most reviews in 90 days gets thousand dollars cash. Incredible. You know, there's a minimum number to sit. The next person gets 500. Um, the person after that's 250. I mean, you don't think guys don't want reviews. You don't think they're not talking. I mean, that's a huge thing. And so a lot of it is 
ways to motivate your team while also measuring your numbers and increasing performance. You know, it can't all be about, we're going to, uh, you've got to do this so I can make money. It has to be about, here's a goal. Here's what the industry standard is. Here's where we're at. I want to increase it by this much this month. And, and for us, it's been by slowing it down. You know, I mean, honestly, for us, it's been by, by slowing it down. You know, it's not selling people stuff they don't, don't need. It's not selling people, you know, systems before they need it. It's about what's actually going on here. What's going to cause problems? What are issues that are going to, you know, increase or decrease the comfort in the home and then presenting those options to customers and letting them choose. When customers shop on Amazon, nobody that I know ever goes on Amazon to buy one thing and only puts one thing in their car. Because mm-hmm. Amazon's great about giving you 17 other options that other people like you have bought this that you might need. <laughs> and so when the guys get away from shopping with their pocketbook and letting the customers choose and given all those different options, customers are like, yeah, let's do this and this and this. You know, search protection is an easy one. You know, I noticed that you don't have search protection on your uh, on your units outside. Yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about it. Do you have one on your TV? Well, of course. How much is your TV? Oh, it. I got that at Best Buy for $2,500. So your $10,000 HVAC system is less important than your TV. What do you mean? <laughs> and the dialogue goes from there. And then before you know it, you know, you're, you just sold surge protection for the inside and outdoor unit. Mm-hmm. And so the tech's made money. The company's made money. The customers, you know, the customer has more protection because those surge devices come with, you know, warranty stuff with them. Everybody wins in that situation. Does everybody take advantage of it? Nope. But I mean, if if every tech sells one a day, I mean, I think ours is two fifty nine, is what the um, search protection is. So I mean, if you do one of those by you know your techs every day, I mean, knowing your numbers and having being able to add those little things or what increase your bottom line and what are going to get you more profitability, more revenue, the ability to buy new vans, the ability to pay cash for new vans, which is a huge thing. So when you go on the slow month, you're not trying to figure out how to make money, how to manufacture money, the ability to go into slow months and keep your team by having training in your lab. I mean, that's what all that extra money does. That extra money doesn't go to buy boats and houses and jets. That extra money goes to improve operations, keep your people employed throughout the year. That's what that money does. Absolutely. Or at least for us, that's what it does. Yeah. And yeah, I can't stop smiling because I think everything you've provided here is so valuable. I cannot wait till this episode goes live so I can send it to all of our clients. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you so much for this. I know our listeners are going to want to learn more about you. So what's the best way for them to learn more? Um, So if they want to learn more, they've got questions, whatever we obviously help. It's way easier to help in the winter, spring and fall than it is in the summer, um, but they can reach out to us. Um, they can actually reach out to me personally at Jason at pinkvantex.com is an easy one to remember. And so they can reach out there if they want to know more about getting on service tight and we'd be happy to help people that we help get on service tight. And we also help on board. We had a company from Florida, actually Genergy that you helped. Yeah. You did a podcast with Jen came up here and we literally sat with her for two days her and one of her people and literally helped get them completely set up on service time. Like when they left, they were ready to book calls or jobs were right. Like, so we do that for the folks that we like help get hooked up with service Titan that we refer on board just because we can be more involved in the process and we can, you know, help make sure that they start correctly because the people who gripe about service Titan are the ones that 
normally don't have somebody in the office that set it up right. Mm. And they're not going to spend the time to set it up right. And those are normally, and that's the hardest part. Setting it up is the hardest part. But because we have everything, we can just, I mean, we just literally put it on thumb drives, transfer it in, make sure it's imported right, make sure they know how to use it. And then off they go. And then during those two days, they like sat with, actually, they were here for three. They sat with our customers, you know, our, our CSRs, follow-up coordinators, techs, all that, and just kind of saw the whole operation. Wow. That sounds like an incredible opportunity. Yeah, well, it's good for us because we've been given so much in the industry. I mean, whether it's Chris Hunter, Tom Howard, you know, Ben Robles in Nebraska, John Henry, Trey McWilliams at McWilliams and Sons, Crystal we had on from Lemon Seed. You know, we've been given so much by so many people. It's really our duty and obligation to help give other people some of what we've been doing. I mean, it would be, we would do the industry and our fellow contractors of disjustice if we an injustice if we just held all that ourselves. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much, Jason, for being on the show. My pleasure. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Tools. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love if you could also share this episode with a fellow contractor who is ready to get off the tools and grow their business. And if you want more leads, sign up for our email list at reflectivemarketing.com, where we share weekly marketing insights that you can't get anywhere else. I'm Crystal Hobbs, and I hope you'll join me on the next episode of Beyond the Tools. See you next time.